everyone. Welcome to Girls Gone Hallmark, a bonus episode of Long Story Short, the podcast. I'm Megan. I'm Wendy. Today we're discussing Playing Cupid, part of the brand new Love Ever After series on the Hallmark Channel for February. For anyone who's new to us, these bonus episodes were born out of the fact that Megan is a longtime Hallmark fan and Wendy is fairly new to the Hallmark game. But, you know, four months into this, I would say you're quickly becoming a leading Hallmark expert. I mean, I haven't missed a movie (laughs) since November, so (laughs) I feel like a historian at this point. I do think you might need to retire your new title. You're just newer. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oof. If you want more from us, be sure to listen to our regular podcast episodes that drop every Tuesday. You can also find us at MeganandWendy.com, which is where we publish our full show notes for every episode, as well as regular blog posts. One of my current favorites is the How to Make Iced Coffee at Home post, because I feel like it was a real revelation when I realized it didn't have to be terrible made at home. So if you're like me and you'd like to try that, I've got a lot of ideas there for how to make it great. You can also follow us on Instagram where we are Megan and Wendy LSS and join our Facebook group, Long Story Shorties. Um, We also love your emails. You can reach us at meganandwendy at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We read every single one of them. It might even show up here on the show. So shoot us your emails. And if you really want more from us, you can subscribe to our Patreon, where you'll be getting exclusive content from us, like video episodes, bonus podcast episodes that can't be heard anywhere else, and even throwback-style long story short videos, which the people have actually been asking for. I know. It's crazy. (laughs) I kind of love it. So this week's movie is Playing Cupid. And Wendy, do you have a synopsis of this movie? I certainly do. You know, you ask me every time and I'm never ready for it, but here it comes. It is playing Cupid. A modern day Emma finds David Martinez being secretly set up with his daughter's teacher when the young girl begins a matchmaking business for a school project. Hey, I think that's a pretty good synopsis. I don't think so. Oh, tell me why. Because... The synopsis suggests that the daughter sets up the dad and the teacher, and that doesn't really happen. Yes. They just... She sends them the secret admirer notes. No, 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 no. What do you mean no? (laughs) She does send them secret admirer notes. But that's not matchmaking. (laughs) Well... How is it mm-hmm. not matchmaking? She's like behind the scenes trying to get them together. That's like no. the whole like Emma storyline there where she's like trying to make things happen. She's not saying, hey, Joe, meet Susie. You guys should date. She's trying to like push them together so they think it's their own idea. I have so it's many not, problems with this story. She's not Patty Stanger. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, I do. <laughs> Did okay. you ever watch that show? Of course I did. Of course I, I did. did. I just heard her on in an interview the other day. I was surprised to hear she's still in the game. She's still matchmaking? Oh, yeah. Just, just not on reality TV? Correct. Uh, interesting. What happened to her show? What was that called? Matchmaker? Love I think matchmaker? it was called The Millionaire Matchmaker. That's it. That's it. That's it. I wonder why they canceled that show. Uh, who knows? Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's jump to first impressions. No, news and notes. 
Google didn't give me a whole ton of news and notes on this movie. No, like many, 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 many others, it was filmed in Canada. Yep. Um, it was based on the novel Playing Cupid by Jenny Meyerhoff. Um, however, the synopsis of that novel leads me to believe that the story is more about Clara's storyline and perhaps yeah. the others are incidental. It, uh, I did nothing more than look at the Amazon synopsis. But the image me on too. the cover, I kind of thought it was like a tween, teen-focused novel that was then adapted for Hallmark. It is um, published under the Hallmark imprint um and no, jenny no, meyerhoff no 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 scholastic it has a hallmark channel now an original movie like decal on the front of it all right i stand but it corrected. is a it is a scholastic book which means that it, it's its audience is tweens and teens no i agree with that and jenny meyerhoff did get a writing credit on this movie along with nina weinman who is a prolific Hallmark writer as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so oh, I just have this is what makes me like not irritated but annoyed when they take like and I know you say this happens all the time, but they take a book and they took like a dash of the book, you know, because this book is obviously more about Clara's storyline, but the movie mm-hmm. is is obviously centraled around the budding relationship between David and Carrie. So right. it's like they took a dash of playing Cupid the book and a dash of Emma and a whatever and mixed it all up in the Hallmark blender. Yeah, I think it's very, very loosely based on the book. I mean, they do have the same character names. But other than that, I would agree. They just took inspiration from it and then adapted right. it to be... Hallmarky. It doesn't uh, honestly bother me. Um, I don't like it when they say it's now a Hallmark original movie because it's not really, right? It's not like you're watching, you know, what I love, the Jenny Han to All the Boys I Loved Before series, where those are adaptations of the books. Like, yes, Mm -hmm. there's some creative license taken in the movies, but they're very true to the books. I would say that's not the case here. And as a reader who then watches movies, I find it really hard sometimes to watch a movie of a book I've read because I'm like, wait, the whole time I'm like, was that how it was in the book? Was that how it was in the book? And I can't focus on the movie itself. So I understand what you're saying. Well, and the other thing too is um, I wonder if these characters of David and Carrie exist in that book. Mm, I doubt they do. I don't know. I think I'm more interested in watching an adaptation of the book rather than a um, inspired by. Yeah, I, I liked Clara's storyline a little bit better. I kind of liked the younger actors and their cute little like matchmaking business. When I was in middle school, we had, I wish I could remember what it was called, but there was like you filled out a survey and then you were given like your compatibility matches. It what? was done of around Valentine's students? Day. Yes, it was done around Valentine's Day. And I can remember like being what part grade? of the team that it was seventh and eighth grade middle school. Oh, and I was feels so inappropriate. Thinking back, it is so weird. I can't remember what we called it, but I know that um it was run by the Pep Club. <laughs> and oh, I haven't I heard that in a long time. <laughs> you know, we wore like cheer skirts, even though for no good reason. Yeah. Um, 
And we, I can remember like being inputting the information because obviously it wasn't on a computer. Like we didn't have the ability to collect Google forms. So people filled out surveys and we input them all. And then their compatibility was spit. I don't know. Honestly, my memory is vague, but I do know that it happened. (laughs) And, uh, seems odd that that was allowed at a middle school. I'm pretty sure it would not be allowed now. Yeah, that sounds like a carnival game. It doesn't sound like, a, um, you know, like a legitimate middle school project. So weird. It was like a fundraiser. It was like you pay, you yeah, know, to get your I matches. Oh, anyway, I... That could I, go so wrong. Don't you think so? Totally. Oh, and God. honestly, thinking about it now, I'm like, God, I would have secondhand embarrassment for imagining myself on someone's list and them thinking like, oh, I don't want to match with her. Totally. Yeah. Terrible. Mm -hmm. Fire that teacher whose ever idea that was. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Um, Anyway. This movie claims to be a remake of Emma. Wendy apparently has some issues with that statement. But because the story is not about Clara. <laughs> the story is about David and Carrie. That's I agree, but I do think she features bothered. pretty heavily. You know, a lot of these movies that have kids in them, I think she gets a bigger role than we see many of the other movies that have kids. She's not incidental. She does have a fully fleshed out storyline, I think. Yes. Agree. Agree. Um, I maybe read Emma in high school, but I... I know many adult women have a strong affinity for Jane Austen novels, and I haven't read any of them since I was in high school, and I'm starting to feel like maybe I should. But they remade the movie Emma in 2020, and it stars uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, who was the star of The Uh Queen's Gambit, which makes me want to rewatch it because I find her so fascinating to watch. Hang on just a second. I think she was nominated for a Golden Globe for that, Emma. Oh. Let me just look here because I think she was nominated for both the Queen's Gambit and Emma. That'd be amazing if she had such a good Golden Globes. While you're doing that, there's a great episode of the podcast that talks about the Golden Globes and why they're actually kind of garbage. Aside from the fact that their picks are totally racist, like the people they get to vote is such a small, insular group. Like it's not really representative of uh, Hollywood itself. I highly recommend it. We'll link it in the show notes. It's very funny and very informative. Awesome. Here we go. Best performance by an actress in a limited series. Anya Taylor-Joy for The Queen's Gambit. And also for best performance by an actress in a motion picture musical or comedy for Emma. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. What a stellar year for her. I know. I really enjoyed her. She was kind of brand new to me. Not kind of. She was brand new to me in The Queen's Gambit. But she's also in Peaky Blinders, which I started and honestly fell asleep in the first five minutes, which is... Again, not a judgment on the show. I fall asleep easily watching TV in bed. But I would like to go back and watch it strictly for her and the accents. She's also in a, like, a horror movie. <laughs> I can't Which remember Which you know the I'm name. not going to watch. I know. I'll, I can't remember the name of it. I'll link it in the show notes. Somebody's of course, screaming it right now. My personal favorite remake of Emma is Clueless, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. I'm Me a too. hardcore Alicia Silverstone fan. Saw it in the movie theater. <laughs> I don't remember, remember if I remember? did, but I've seen it hundreds of times. I love that movie. I used to watch it over and over. Ugh. You know, it still creeps me out that, like, she gets together with her stepbrother at the end. However, I do love everything else about it. Yeah, I mean, they're not related, though. I know, but it's still weird. You know, I went to college with her. You, her, you, wait, wait. Busy Phillips. 
Alicia Silverstone and you all went to the same college? Yeah, at the same time, actually, because um, she and I took Alicia and I, besties, took photography, like, in the same semester. We weren't in the same class. We were often in the dark room at the same time. And, uh, yeah, that was my uh, college claim to fame. Was this pre or post Clueless? It must have been post. This is 1998, 99. Oh, okay. It was post. When did Clueless come out? Before that. 95. Yeah. Wow. You. Those are my college besties. You and your celebrity college that you went to. That's right. Wasn't Tom Hanks' son there, too? Colin yeah, Hanks? Yeah, Colin Jeez Hanks. Louise, girl. I, I went to college with the girl who played um, Dylan McKay's younger sister on Beverly Hills 90210. I, I love Erica. her. Erica. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she was in one of my uh, chemistry classes at school. Yeah. but What was your first impression of this movie? <sighs> Unfortunately, this movie fell super flat for me. I was very excited for it. And I thought it disappointed big time. I didn't like it as much as I liked A Beverly Hills Wedding. I didn't hate it. It was just an okay movie for me. It was fine. I didn't hate it either. You know, there I have a visceral like reaction to some movies that I cannot stand. And we have talked about them here on the podcast. I know. <laughs> this was not one of them. This just was like super flat for me. Like I was like, Meh, okay. Is it kind almost of like over? the winter getaway movie for me? Like I didn't hate it. I was just like, okay, give me yeah, more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. All right. So, what did you like about this movie? Was there anything you liked? I do. I have a short list of things that I liked. Okay. Um, first up, I thought the sets were vibrant and bright and beautiful. And I know this is like a stupid thing, but coming off of all those Christmas movies and the winter movies when everything is cold and bleak and whatever, not that the Christmas movies were cold and bleak, but the no, winter you movies mean. were. Sure. So I just thought these were like beautiful. The restaurant had like all these like vibrant yes. colors. There was this one thing too. They took like the candles on the table. They were in a jar, but then they, on around the jar, they wrapped like colorful tissue paper. And I thought, what a great idea. I've never seen that done before. <laughs> I thought I that would be so I didn't even notice, but I did think the pretty. restaurant was beautiful. I love the restaurant. I thought the middle school looked like a business office, really. But then I thought they did a great job of like making it bright and vibrant, like what you would see at school. Um, yeah, I liked the dance. I thought the dance looked great, the decor for that. I agree. I agree. Um, tell me some things you liked. I have a few more, but I'm curious. I loved the Ain't No Mountain High Enough dance scene. Like, I watched part of this movie while I was getting ready and was totally dancing. Love that song. It's a real Remember the Titans moment for me. <laughs> like that's... Megan. <laughs> Megan. You didn't like it? No. I it hated it. It was so fun. I loved it. I will not be brought down from this moment. I loved it. Okay, I'm going to talk about that specifically in our next segment of what I would have wished for. But okay, yeah, I'm not a fan. <laughs> no, um, I also enjoyed all of the food talk. Like there was so much food talk, and it wasn't like, "Ooh, let's have eggnog and sugar cookies." Like boring, right? It was like unique, and he was talking about family recipes, and it made me want to go to that restaurant and have the abuela sangria and have a burrito. <laughs> like, give it to me now. I loved it. I like when they make food almost a character in a book or a movie. I like that. I feel like that's good writing when you can like um, 
make your viewers want to eat what you're talking about. I I love that. I love Mm -hmm. that. Okay, what else? That's all I have. Oh, (gasps) goodness. Okay. Oh, that's not true. I did love Nicholas Gonzalez. Oh, I thought he was great. I really liked him. He was great. I have some notes about him, too. Okay, so... What else I liked was, with the exception of the main female lead, I thought the cast was pretty diverse. I yes. enjoyed that. I appreciate that. I like that there was an early kiss scene. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't not only at the end, but it was like almost an hour and a half in when they were in the. Was it? Where were they? They were in the was restaurant immediately the restaurant after the scene. "Ain't No How Out and High Enough" scene. Okay, but hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I like the kiss scene. Hold on. I have thoughts. I will get to those. Okay. Um, I thought the tortilla scene when he was like, you need some more oil. Now a little bit of flour. I was like, this is almost sexy, but it didn't quite get there. But it was. You know, their their breathy talk was quite a bit. Yeah. It was real heavy in that moment. I just, that's why I was like, oh, hello, Nicholas Gonzalez. Yeah. <laughs> what I else can I find you in? I just loved him. So yeah, that's all. That's how I got for for what I liked. Okay, shall we talk roadblocks placed in the way of our movie couple? Is that uh oh uh oh? You know, I don't have many. The only one I have is the ex wife seems to be a problem, and then uh oh, the ex wife shows up. Yeah, I have uh oh, Eva is back. I also have very early on uh oh, Carrie has a long term boyfriend that we're going to have to get rid of before we move on to the real story. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there also, too, was the, uh-oh, she might have to move back to wherever, to her mom. Oh, my gosh. But why? We've talked about this before, but this is a Hallmark movie thing where the families are like, you need to come home. Like, you went there and it didn't work. What part of it didn't work? She broke up with her boyfriend, so now she can't stay in this city as an adult employed woman. I don't understand. I That's so annoying. She has a full life there. She has friends and a job she's obviously great at. I... No, that could have been cut out of the movie for me. I also have, uh-oh, Carrie and David are at odds over a school project. Oh, gosh. Dad, that too. Which uh, was manufactured drama for me because all of his objections seemed completely absurd. When he's like, this isn't going to succeed. I wanted her to be like, dude, it's a fake school project. All she has to do is like... <laughs> go through the motions she doesn't actually have to make any money i know well the whole thing where he was like this is not going to succeed i was like dude we have e-harmony we have these are matchmaker (laughs) services that people are making a shit ton of money off of so hey maybe it is going to succeed in the middle school level Yeah, capitalize on all those raging hormones come on right All right. Well, I have a feeling you have several in this next category, which is what we wished for. So I'm going to let you just hop right in. Okay. So I, the two leads lacked any chemistry for me. (gasps) I just thought they were so mismatched. Disagree. Okay. No way. And plus, like, she's a couple inches taller than him, and I didn't like that. I thought it was very obvious. <laughs> it it just bugged me. It just bugged me. I would have rather seen, and I even wrote this down, I would have rather seen Alexa Panavega as Carrie in this role. Do you remember Alexa Panavega from... Sure, from Taking a Shot at Love, but... Yeah. I cannot believe you're height-shaming him. <laughs> I'm not height-shaming him. I'm really not. I just... It's... It just bothered me. I'm sorry. Me. That's so funny to me. Okay. But but I Fair. did write down here, I thought Nicholas Gonzalez, who played David, was believable. I cared about his character as a single parent. Um, you know, I 
really liked him. I just thought it was a mismatch between him and Laura Vandervoot, who played uh, <laughs> Carrie. Yeah. I wanted more of the scene when Eva, the long-lost mother, arrives to find David and Carrie kissing. All we have is, what do we have here? And then cut to commercial, and then they come back, and it's the next day. That story just led to nowhere. It was, like, not even relevant that she came back. It didn't It didn't even matter. As a whole, it didn't even matter. Well, I like that there was some resolution there, because they have her off screen the entire time, and up until, you know, the last... 15 minutes and I had wondered are we going to see her because she was just kind of this invisible conflict happening between David and Clara and not really between the two of them but I think she was creating conflict where it didn't exist Um, and the mom also was like why are you letting her do this project if it's you know she's going to be embarrassed when nobody shows up at the restaurant which was so I've never seen two parents like <laughs> less invested in supporting their eighth grade daughter right. who in their fake business. Um, You're I did promoting like that we got your that restaurant. And it was like, and the daughter was okay with like, she's back. We're a family in a different way now. I don't know. I like that there wasn't that like trying to tear them apart anymore when she moved back to the area. Listen, I just did not care. About that character or her coming back. I didn't like her when she answers the door to Carrie. And I felt like she had that moment of like, we're having family time right now. And I was like, but you're not getting back together. Right. My whole problem with that scene was, didn't they just spend the entire evening at the restaurant doing her singles speed dating thing? And then now they're having family time at home. Like, what time of night is this? There's a lot of time continuity issues in this movie. Yes. They, she was at the dance waiting for her secret admirer at 7 o'clock, and then, boom, she's at the restaurant hosting the speed dating. There was just a lot of... Am I, I wrong? Were those different was nights? the day before Valentine's Day. I was confused, but I do think it, the dance was the day before. Well, they did not explain that very well, no. I thought. There I was, thought. No, I agree. I will get to that lip singing part in a second, but... This is what I really would have liked from this story. I would have loved if they would have flipped this story upside down and made the single dad a gay man who meets his daughter's teacher who is also part of the LGBTQ community. Wouldn't that have been a great movie? Yes, but it would not have featured a gay man who was also not super white in the Hallmark world. Oh, you think? <laughs> yeah, I <do. laughs> you just choked. <laughs> I think I think Hallmark is making baby steps. I don't think they're like. I think they're like. Whoa, that's like. We can give them one thing, but we can't give them too many. I just would have. I would have loved, loved it. I yes, I I would have loved that as well. Like if if Clara was trying to set up her dad, who was newly single, with her teacher. I would have loved that. That would have been so cute. I like it. Somebody write that. <laughs> we, you know what? We know somebody. I'm going to picture this idea. <laughs> I mean, I just maybe you're just not going to see that on a Hallmark movie yet. Hopefully in the future we will see that. Yeah. Have we gotten? I don't think we've had a gay lead couple. I know we've had some same sex couples. That are supporting, even strong supporting characters. But I don't think we've had a lead main couple yet. I don't 
think so. Lifetime either. did. Hallmark is like dipping their toe in real slowly. <laughs> uh, I want to give more credit to the people who watch these shows. I don't want to think that Hallmark is kowtowing to their audience. Do you know? But do you right, but they are. are. Mm. Yes, and believe me, I, there are people in my life who feel who are very upset with Hallmark. Yeah. Not people that I like enjoy, but people that I know <laughs> who are upset about the direction Hallmark is taking their movies. And I think at some point, I think at some point Hallmark is going to have to say this is the world we live in. We're going to represent real people and be okay with losing people who are homophobic and racist and like is that the audience that you want at some point you're gonna have to look at what the bottom line means to you yeah yeah we're here for you hallmark we want that okay now let's get to your favorite scene which was my least favorite scene i can't wait ain't no mountain high enough now okay when they just showed him doing it, I thought, oh, my God, this is adorable. This is the music montage that I love, that I want from every movie. But then when she jumped in, I was like super cringe the entire time. It went like too long for me. And I can't believe I'm going to say this. They used carrots for the microphone and it was far too phallic. And I am 12 <laughs> years old. So... I'm sorry. They needed to use a wooden spoon. I just was like, I'm laughing uncomfortable with this with this scene. I agree that it was long. And I was thinking, like, I wonder if they needed to make this to fill this. Also, in the opening scene, the opening moment where it's like the opening notes of the song are playing. Did it feel like it played more than it actually does in the song? Yes. Like, because- are we- ever going to get to the words of this song or are we just getting instrumental totally because i like came in to sing like the first line i was like wait that's where the first line goes why didn't they play it that's what i thought too i was Ah. like wait a minute they're not going to use the actual song we're just going to get some like instrumental of him dancing um i did think it went long i wondered what they were going to do with those carrots afterwards like are we going to throw them away not in that sense but i was hoping (gasps) oh my god (laughs) yes i agree that is where my mind went they were not going to be used for consumption that they were going to go into the trash I wasn't being dirty with these carrots, <laughs> if that's what you were suggesting. No. Um, you know, dancing around a restaurant kitchen just feels unsafe for me, too. Well, then she hops up on the yes! counter. I was like, yes! wait a minute. You can't put your butt where A, hot things go, and B, on a surface that is supposed to be sanitary. Yeah, I agree. It would. I don't know. I just. I was so uncomfortable by the entire thing, with the exception of his very solo part at the beginning. Yeah, I was admittedly focused on him in that dance scene. Um, he had more of the moves than she did. She just is so. St- I, I'm not trying to shit all over these movies and the actors and the actresses. I just, she's just, it was a mismatch casting. That's what I'm going back to. I don't think that she's like a terrible actress. She was fine. I just think it was a mismatch in casting. How about we move on to did you see that questions, plot holes and things we need to discuss? Okay. I got a few. <laughs> Shocker. I have a big question. Mm-hmm. How can a restaurant afford to be closed on Valentine's Day? How much are these people paying for this speed dating 
program that allows them to just say, like, yeah, we're not going to be open on Valentine's Day. We're going to let you have your project. Yeah, she should have did the project, like, at lunchtime, and then the restaurant could have opened for dinner time Or pre-Valentine's Day. Right? You want to meet somebody before Valentine's Day. There's also a lot of times, like, okay, there's a lot of continuity issues I have. Not continuity, timing issues. But the tortilla-making night, Clara is at basketball, which we know from a previous scene ends at maybe 9 o'clock. What time are they making tortillas that the restaurant is completely closed and empty of people? (laughs) Or is this the restaurant that they just only open occasionally? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, see, that stuff drives me crazy, too. Mm Mm-hmm. So this movie takes place in Seattle during early February. I don't think they were dressed for it. It's a lot oh. colder and rainier in Seattle during this time of year. Agreed. And they were like, she's in her beautiful jackets, which I love every movie when they have the beautiful jackets on. And um, they had that kid mowing the lawn before school. Like, mm-hmm. no, no, Bright, no. sunshiny day. Yeah, not happening. There's a, there's a day in the movie. In the morning, the dad comes into the classroom and is upset with her. In the afternoon, she and her friend are out running. And then in at <laughs> night, they're like at a PTA meeting and she's back in her work clothes. I was like, wait a uh-huh. minute. Yeah. What is happening here? When she cause and the only reason I knew it was the same day because she's like, Oh, he came to my classroom this morning. They didn't yeah. need that this morning to make that PTA meeting believable. It could have been any night. I just thought, how many hours do you have in your day? And why would you change back into your work clothes for a PTA meeting? I also noticed in that scene, too, either in the morning her hair was pulled back and then at the PTA, me- PTA meeting it was down. Mm. Yeah, continuity. I, those those things drive me crazy. And I don't know why I always notice them. I'm like a dog. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just notice this crap. Um Another thing, I actually posted this on our Girls Gone Hallmark Instagram this morning. Cine Hearts. I looked it up. Is it an actual candy? No. Which is why it's so weird that they zoom in on the name of them over and over again. Several times. Yes. That was so bizarre, right? And I swear they were using Hershey Kisses in their candy grams. Oh, probably. But they didn't have the Hershey sponsorship, so they're not going (laughs) to... There was a line there. They said that the PTA candy grams made enough money for field trips for the rest of the year. I was like, holy crap, what are they (laughs) charging? Look, Megan and I have both been integral parts of the PTA in our children's respective schools. You don't make that much money. Yeah, they bought all that candy and all of the supplies, plus what they're selling them for. Plus, how big is this school? No, Field trips are expensive. The buses are expensive. My kids were paying no shit $45 a kid for field trips last year, which blew my mind. I don't know. That seems like a lot for a regular field trip. It used to be like $8. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm just saying, no, I don't believe it. Also, who bought... I know, like, he, um, David and his ex bought her a new laptop. Who bought uh-huh. her a desk and a chair? Okay. Like, they bought I, them with the fundraising money that's supposed to go to the school, but now the teacher's getting a new desk and chair? Yeah. I know she makes a joke about it at the very beginning, but then they're at that award ceremony or whatever, and they just, like, push out this desk and push out this chair. We bought you this furniture. Like, how did you get it there? Like, what? And you and didn't then, know you were going to win. Yeah, exactly. And then they give her this laptop. It's like a refurbished laptop with a bow on it. It's not like in a box. It's not brand new. It's so bizarre. 
It was a, I did think, I will admit though, I did enjoy that moment as much as I'm tearing it apart right now. I did think it was a sweet moment where they gave her those things as unbelievable as I think it is. Yeah. I mean, it's because your husband does a similar program at his own school, no? Yes. And he's been on like the receiving end of surprise gifts. Like he was a helpful Honda (laughs) teacher appreciation week recipient, which was a fun experience. So like, you know, I cry when I see teachers. Of course. Like, teachers need to be recognized. I absolutely stand behind that. I just thought it was so weird. No, it didn't make did any it. sense. Yeah. Like, where did the money come from? And the school's supposed to get it by like, no, no, the teacher gets a new desk. Sorry, yeah. kids. You can't have the computers that you need. That you need. No new books. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Is there anything else? That's all I have. Time to rate it. I'm a little nervous. I want you to go first. I am giving this movie two and a half stars. Wow. Perfectly average, serviceable, fine movie. What did you give Beverly Hills Wedding? Three stars? Three. Me too. I loved Beverly Hills Wedding in comparison to this movie. I gave this one and a half stars. Okay. That's a rough stuff there. (laughs) (laughs) The characters, I mean, not the characters, but the acting, the casting just killed it for me. All right, so next week we have Mix Up in the Mediterranean featuring Jeremy Jordan, Not All Right, and... (laughs) Sorry. That was funny. I had a... um, I posted a poll on our Instagram stories, and the vast majority of people, even though the majority were 90210 fans, did not remember that line, which I was disappointed because it's such a burned-in memory. They are not true 90210 <laughs> fans. And you know, you can search at hashtag on Instagram, Jeremy Jordan, all right. Things come up. Sadly, that clip does not come out. It just does not exist anymore. It's got to, somewhere on the internet. If you missed it yesterday, we published an interview with Julie Sherman Wolf, the writer of Taking a Shot at Love, among many other Hallmark movies. We would love it if you would give it a listen. She was an absolute delight to talk to, and we're looking forward to more movies from her. Of course, you can catch our regular podcast every Tuesday, and while you're here, if you would leave a rating or a review, we would absolutely love it if you enjoy us, and until next time, have a great week. Bye. Bye. Bye.